Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I want to just continue with our theme, and over the last little while, we've been looking at uh, the summer of songs, summer of songs. Who likes music? Anybody like music? Oh, yeah. You know, and we, we have all sorts of music, don't you? So, you know, when I'm really stressed, really stressed, I listen to classical FM. I know that shows my age. But I like that kind of music. When I'm feeling very happy, just bring it on. Classical FM. No, no, no. I listen to all sorts of music. When I'm sad, there's certain music that needs to be listened to at the moment. Just um, know these are kind of sad little stories I'm telling you. At the moment, one of my closest friends in South Africa, just three weeks ago, they diagnosed her with cancer. And she is now in an induced coma. And she... She's going to be with the Lord within the next few hours. One of the things that she asked before it got really bad, she said, I want some good music to just surround me as I get ready to go and meet Jesus. And I just, I love that. I love that Teresa asked for that. I did actually pray like mad that she wouldn't die. Before I spoke this morning, I said, Lord, just don't take her home yet. Just let me finish and then we can then we can go through that. But music, there's so many emotions that we have, and there's music that expresses those emotions. And the Psalms are powerful, these Psalms that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, because the Psalms, whether we believe in Jesus or not, the Psalms identify and encapsulate so much of the human life. Everybody can identify with Psalms, and they're real and they roar. But the common denominator, if we look at the Psalms, which are just sort of poetry that's put to music, that's what they are. If we look at the Psalms, the common denominator in all of them is that although they encapsulate the human heart, there's a real passion to include God in them and a pursuit of someone greater than ourselves. That's what the Psalms are all about. Very raw and very real. And so this morning, I'm going to be looking at a psalm that kind of encapsulates that. But I want to ask you all a question. Also the young kids here and the other kids that are here, um, the older kids over there and those who wish they were kids. How many of you have ever had a super tough time? Some way or another, all of us, some of you are going, I don't want to put my hand up and remember that. Thank you very much. How many of you maybe in school or in university or even at home, maybe your best friend has let you down and you've gone through stuff and you kind of think, I thought you were my friend. I thought you were my best friend. You've let me down. Anybody felt like that before? Oh, How many of you have been with someone who's been very sick? 
and has seen them go through such pain. We all have gone through times like that. How many of you have been in schools? You don't have to put your hands up on this, but it's almost like everybody is playing over there together. Everybody's friends together over there and you sitting all by yourself and nobody wants to play with you. I remember going through that when I was at school just, you know, I went to this group of kids and tried to play with them and they said, we don't like you anymore. And I remember just being, you know, even my beautiful age and I can't buy a 25 or younger ticket. I remember being so mortified by all that. And all of us sometime in our lives, no matter how young we are or how old we are, will go through painful times. All of us, all of us will go through that. And so often when we go through painful times, especially as we get older, I love little kids because they just, they just let it all out. I, that was so planned. <laughs> they let it all out. But what we do is the older we get, we kind of shut down. Or we avoid talking about it. No, I don't want to talk about that right now. Or we suppress it. Or some of us just, we begin to blame somebody for that pain. Or we blame God even. Some of us, we even blame ourselves. We kind of go, this has all happened because I'm not good enough. We blame ourselves, especially when we have loss. And none of us like pain. Anybody here? I'm not going to answer that question. But most of us, the majority of us don't like pain. We don't like loss. We certainly don't like it when somebody dies. For me, I've lost two friends in the last number of months. And my, my goodness, it puts mortality right in front of me. And the incredible thing, the percentage of mortality has not changed. It's still 100%, by the way. We feel it's never going to come to us, but it will. Someday it will. We love it when everything's going brilliant. Love it. You know, we get out the barbie and kind of all get together and it's all so lovely. We love those times and I love them. I love it when things are going really well. There's loads of laughter and fun. But tough times happen to us all. And there are times in all of our lives when it doesn't make sense. And you hear it from the youngest kids. Why is this happening to me, mommy? Why, daddy, is this going on? All of us have those times and their tears there are disappointments that come and there's anger and sometimes deep grief. And one of the things we've got to watch is that we don't just try and make it all fine. Those times come in our lives. And this morning, as Andy said, we're going to be looking at a psalm. I know some of you are thinking, why did I come this morning? This is misery personified. But I think we we can look at all of this from a heart that's strengthened, okay? Even through the pain. But this morning we're going to look at a psalm, and it's called a dark psalm. 
In fact, there was kind of an introduction. As a musician, I used to be a musician. You kind of give your musicians kind of tips on how you want the music to be played or what's the kind of uh, emotion that you want in that. And it says in about this psalm, Psalm 88, it's called, Save Me From The Sorrow. Save Me From The Sorrow. And uh, I, I just have to laugh because I've come back to Manchester and I've been speaking at some of our churches, Ivy churches, which is always fun. But I seem to have landed with every lament that there possibly is. It's like, let's give that to Lynn. But a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you had it here, we looked at Psalm 22. Do you remember that one? If you don't, just nod. Especially you, Sophie, because you're the theologian now. Psalm 22, and it opens with this, and it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And those were the words later shot through history, and Jesus says those words on the cross. But I think the important thing to realize is that Jesus says, My God, my God. And knowing that this God is not just some pie in the sky, ridiculous little religious experience. It's my God. My God. And so we're going to have a look at Psalm 88 this morning, which is a lament. And how I'd like to do this, all right, is I will read one verse. And then who are the people under the age of 25? you put your hands up? Who are those who wish they were under the age of 25? You can put your hands up as well. Yes, you and me, sister. What we'll do is I, will, I want even the little children, all right, the younger kids, can you stop drawing for one, just a few minutes, all right? And I want you to do some reading with me. So you will be reader number two, and then all those over the age of 25 will be reader number three. Okay? And we're going to read Psalm 88 together. Remember, it's a sorrowful and a dark psalm, but we're going to read it together. Okay? So I'll do like that when it's my turn, like that when it's group number two. Who's group number two? Put your hands up quickly. Let's see. Yep. Good. And group number three, let's see your hands. Okay. All right. So here we go. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. Come before you, turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted amongst those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. Your wrath lies heavily on me, and you have overwhelmed me with all the waves. Now there's a word, Selah. 
Do you know what that means? It means breathe. Pause. Breathe. And so what I'd love you to do is just put your hand on your heart. Andy, can we sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul, just that chorus, all right? With my soul Just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart and breathe that in. It is well from me my closest friends and made me repulsive to them I'm confined and cannot escape group three my eyes are dim with grief I call to you Lord every day I spread out my hands to you do you show your wonders to the dead do their spirits rise up and praise you there's that word again, Selah, breathe. So just put your hand on your, on your heart again. Lord, we hear the rain coming down outside. And I ask, Lord, that you would just come with your rain, your refreshing, in spite of all the pain. Just come. And cool down our raging hearts with your presence and your refreshing. Just help us to breathe. Help us to breathe, Lord. Train us. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking, well, everything's going fine for me right now. Just allow this moment that you remember how to breathe. Pausing in his presence. 
Group two again. Read with me from verse 11. Is your love declared in the grave? Is your faithfulness in destruction? Group three. Are your wonders known in the place of darkness? Or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you, Lord, for help. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Group two. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Group three. From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I've borne your terrors and I am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me and your terrors have destroyed me. Group two. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. Group three. Darkness is my closest friend. And then it says, Selah again. Breathe again. Just breathe. Just breathe. Holy Spirit, just thank you that as we look at this right now, as we look for a few minutes at what to do when darkness comes, we thank you, Lord, that you, as the writers of this psalm, penned that this was to save me from the sorrow, you'd bring that to our hearts as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we look at Psalm 88, it's just incredible. We see that this person is not trying to make it all better by the end. It just am giving it as it is. And sometimes we've got to give people permission to do that. We've got to give them permission to feel like in this psalm it says they're overwhelmed, they're near death, they go down to the pit, they're without strength, they're cut off. Then it says, you've made me repulsive and I'm confined. Just painful things. And then the psalmist, they were guys who were songwriters called the Korites. And uh, they were penning the song for one of their mates, one of their friends who had uh, a really bad uh, illness, a sickness called leprosy. And so they were penning this on his behalf. And as we go through the psalm, we see there were questions as well that came up. And we see that in, uh, where is it, in verse 10 and in verse 11 and verse 12. So there are questions that came up. But in the middle of all of this, all the stuff of feeling that God's angry with them, what is very, very important for us is that we don't allow ourselves in those kind of moments, so often we want God to make it all right. And I have prayed that, God, why? Why is this happening? And I almost do my head in because I'm asking questions where there are no answers because the pain is so much in me. And what we've got to learn how to do when these tough times come, be it at school, when we're going through tough times at school or at university or in life generally or in home areas, it's not so much a case of saying, God, how are you going to sort it out? But what is very, very critical is for us to find out where we are positioning ourselves in our thinking. 
And what I mean by that is that we remind ourselves when tough times happen of His nature and His character. It's so important for us to be able to do that even in the midst of all the pain that we go through. And so if we can put up verses one and two, again, it starts, the Psalm starts with this, Lord, You are the God who saves me. In other words, I've seen You do it before. I'm not feeling it right now, but You are the God who's gonna do this somehow. Somehow, you are the God who saves me. Why could these writers say that? Because they knew the nature and the character of God. So often when tough times come and things get really hard for us, we curse God and we walk away from Him. From Him. And beloved, I wanna say this to you. When the tough times come, we need to know how to get right in the face of God, right in His face and not run away from Him. And in verse two, it says, may my prayer come before you and turn my ear, turn your ear to my cry. And so prayer is not just in the good times. Prayer is when it's so raw and so deep in us that we just almost cry like Jesus cried on the cross. My God, my God, it feels like you've forsaken me. But I'm not gonna run away from you. I'm gonna remind myself of your nature and your character in the tough times. And in Isaiah 43 verse 12, it says this, Isaiah 43 verse 12, it says, Uh, Verse two, excuse me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Do you notice it doesn't say if, if you pass through the waters. It says when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. The critical phrase there is, I will be with you. I'm gonna be with you. I am not letting go. And we've got to learn how to sila, to pause, to breathe in that moment. And Lord, I thank you that my circumstances and situations are not gonna change my relationship with you. I don't understand all that's going on, but I'm not gonna allow myself to drift away from you. Because we do have an enemy who says, ah, curse God, get it over with, he doesn't exist. But when the flames come, when the water comes, when it's tough times, Lord, thank you that you say to me, I don't feel it, but I thank you for the faithfulness of your word, the truth of your word. You say you will be with me. Beloved, one of the most important phrases I've learned in my life and dealing with situations in South Africa and here is I do not allow myself to be dictated to by the fickleness of my feelings, but the faithfulness of God. Listen to that again. My emotions are like everybody else's. Trust me, I was not born saying Kurubashanda. 
I didn't even know Jesus until I was 22. I knew about him, I was studying theology, but I didn't know him. But it has been in the good times and the bad times, I've got to know his nature and his character. And let me tell you something, it's in the tough times as I've clung to him, I've got to know him more in a more intimate way than just the fluffy times in my life. And God says to you and I today, I will not forsake you. I will be with you. And you know, so often when we're in the time of pain, it seems like it's gonna last forever. But the Bible says this joy will come in the morning. When we ride in the middle of the stuff, we think it's never gonna come. But you do laugh again. You do. You do find their moments of joy and joy will come in the morning. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross and He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was His natural man that was crying that out. He was crying it out before His Father and the Father was saying, son, just hold, just hold, just hold, just hold. There's a greater picture coming. There's an eternal lens. And for all of us, we need to trust God with that longer lens. That we begin to say, God, I I don't understand this all, but I trust you. I have so many questions, but I trust you. And so this morning, what we're going to do just in closing is we're going to have communion together. I know you had communion two weeks ago here and it was a huge banqueting table and it was fun. But I'm wanting us to do communion in a different way this morning. Is that okay? I'm wanting the children to be a part of this as well as the adults. So guys, bring your kids with you. And there are two things that I want us to remember as we take. Lucy, can you pass me some bread first of all? Thank you. As we take these elements, this is bread, (laughs) in case you thought it was. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. This bread, this bread, and this juice here. And here's what the Bible says, that his body was broken for us. And Jesus, when he had this meal with his disciples, he took some bread and he broke it. He gave it to his friends and he said, hey guys, And it wasn't really happening at that moment. He said, this is my body that's broken, not just now as I'm breaking this bread, but you're going to feel it in a few days' time. And you're going to feel it for a little while after that. But you know what? I'm coming back and we'll break bread together. And you'll remember, this was my body broken for you. And that breaking of that body of Jesus is a very powerful thing because it wasn't just breaking on the cross. Before he went to the cross, the Bible says this, that they whipped his back. Anybody ever had a hiding? You know, sort of a, yeah. Some of you children, don't put your hands up. We'll have health and safety. Um, but there are moments, you know, we, and when I grew up in South Africa, this is many, many years ago, they used to have six of the best. And the school, I was a teacher, and I have to admit this, I used to send some of the boys who were naughty little monsters 
Nelly used another word there, to go and have the cane, you know. And I, you know, this headmaster had this, I'm not condoning it, just relax. But I would watch how they would walk differently when they came back from the headmaster's office. And Jesus was whipped 49 times. Now apparently there are 49 categories of diseases in the world. Now I don't want to overreg it, but it's almost like every disease, every sickness, he's died for. He's died for every single one of those. He's died for the disease that's in my friend's body, in Teresa's body. And the great thing is that she's going to be dancing in heaven so soon. Eternal lens, eternal lens. And so Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. And I think there may be some people who are not feeling very well. Anybody not feeling too good? Maybe your tummy's not good or you're not feeling very well. Anybody like that? Yeah, not feeling that good in yourself? When you eat this bread today, eat it and say, Jesus, thank you that you are making me whole. And what I'm going to ask is that when we do this, don't just do it with your little family. Bring another family in and pray for one another. Pray for one another. Maybe you're feeling fine. That's great. But pray that God will keep you healthy and look after you in this week. And then it says, and Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was poured out for you. Now I've cut my finger a few times and it's like there's blood claws. Sorry about the squeam, for the squeamy thing, you know. I think I'm going to bleed to death from a little, a little cut on my finger sometimes. Like, <laughs> you know, because I'm not very good with that kind of stuff. But Jesus' blood was poured out. But here's what the Bible says, that there is life in the blood. There's life in the blood. And so when you drink that juice, doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, just say, Jesus, thank you that there's life flowing in my heart and in my life. Macy, we were talking earlier on, sweetheart. And I want to say this to you, that God has made you with such a creativity. He's made you, you love creating stuff. Is that right? And you love to be able to, you love getting your sister and doing plays. And you love to create stories and then everybody must watch you having, having the play. Is that right? Or am I just speaking nonsense now? Nobody's told me that. But God's told me that. And God says, actually, I've made you with the ability to be able to tell God's story. And it's going to get stronger and stronger in your life the older you get. That young boy over there, Andy, your son. What's your name, love? Joseph. What a cool name. Joseph, do you play sport? What sport? Football. Lacrosse. Oh, that's a very posh sport. And swimming. Wow. Who else plays football? Anybody here play football? Yeah, there's a boy over there. You play football. You know what, Joseph? I think that God's going to make you really fast in that pool. You're going to be able to swim very fast. And you're going to win some, some races. You're competitive a little bit. You like to win, hey? 
Mm. And that's a God thing. He made you like that. How cool is that? But you know what? You've got a real gentle heart. And God loves that as well. And you know what? There have been some boys at school that have been a little bit nasty to you at times. Is that true? God says, it's okay, I've got your heart and I'm looking after you, sweetheart. And so your person that you named after in the Bible, he was an amazing man. He was a little bit of a naughty boy. He's full of boasting when he was younger, but he learned how not to boast, only in God. And then God made him get this. He made him a prince. Would you like to be a prince? No, me neither. I don't think I'd like to be a prince either. But here's what, what a prince is all about, Joseph. It's somebody who knows what it is to be somebody that others look up to them. And that's what he has. That young boy over there, have you been struggling with your legs a bit? Your bit, legs been okay? You've been, are they doing all right? Or have you been having problems with your legs? No? They're good? Yay. Pardon? They hurt. Were you telling me a porky right then? Saying they weren't hurting you. What's your name? William. Oh, William, here's what I see for you, sweetheart, that God's showing me for you. That he's made you a good little footballer. A really good little footballer. And you love it when you get the ball and you can run with that. And you are always trying to work out new moves of how to play with that ball. But God says, you're not to panic about your he he legs at times when they get hurt. But begin to just ask Jesus to make you strong. All right? And I see you not only on the football pitch, but I see you running fast. And you're going to be somebody in life who's going to be able to run fast and do things that are amazing. But William, I want to remind you that one day, I think when you're going to be about 20-something, so I won't, um, you know, I won't be in your world by then. But when you're in your 20-sometime, you're going to remember this little moment that we've had. And God is doing something special in your heart. And you're going to run fast for God and His kingdom and not be embarrassed by Jesus because he wants to live inside of you. So score some brilliant goals this next season, okay? All right? And remember, put your hands on your legs and go, Jesus, please make me whole. All right? Eve, you've been my little precious from you when you were a tiny little girl. You're going, oh gosh. And you know what, Evie? I just sense that, you know, you are somebody who thinks outside the box. I know that. But sweetheart, sometimes, you know, you're looking at yourself at the moment and you're thinking, I'm so different. And God's made you different, sweetheart. And it's not wrong. You've got such a tender heart. But you know what? You've got to learn as much as whenever I walk into the room, I just love it. You fill up my love tank because you come and you just wrap your arms around me. And you've done that from when you were a tiny, tiny little girl. Please don't stop. All right, But I just sense that this is a season where God says, I want to make you strong in your heart. Not just live from your head, but live from your heart. Okay? And your darling brother, you're just a gorgeous young man. And you're uncomplicated and you just do life. And God's made you a fun boy. And God says, actually, that fun's going to hold you in life to come. And just as your dad's holding you right now,
The Father says He's holding you, okay? So what I want us to do is this. I know it's nearly time and I'm not going to be long now. Sorry, Catherine. Um, I want us to come up with our families, with the kids. may get a bit messy. Come and grab some bread and drink some wine and speak blessing over one another. Can we do that? Can we speak blessing? And you know, if you haven't got kids, I don't have kids. Find some kids. Just say to the parents, can I bless your cut child? Can I just speak a blessing over your child? And if you're needing a blessing, over here, we're going to have an open space. And Graham and Da, sorry, everyone. Lee, sorry, Lee. Graham and Lee are going to be there with the team of people. If you want somebody to just bless you, maybe there are things going to happen in this week and you're thinking, I understand this situation that's going on in Psalm 88. Get them to pray for you. But in closing, I just want to read this to you. Uh, that's if I've got little things that are coming up as well, Andy. It's like yours. Now I'm in my calendar. But I want to just read this in closing and um, then we can take communion together. But Psalm 88, I want to read just the starting verses of Psalm 89. Just the next Psalm on, just the starting verse, it says this. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. And with my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever and that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. That's our God. So come on, come down. Let's all get down here. Come on. And let's have communion together as we remember what Jesus did for us so that we can have life. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.